0: You know, it, it, it must be pretty exciting to be so important the Tennis player isn't so important Oh, but people who do things are important I, mean, I I never seem to do anything I suppose you're going to Southampton for the doubles You are a tennis fan Gee, I wish I could be there to watch you But I've got to get back to Washington tomorrow I'm from Arlington, you know mm. Cigarette? Uh, not now, thanks, I don't smoke much I I smoke too much. Oh, here. Oh, thanks. Oh, elegant. From A to G. I'll bet I can guess who A is. Yeah? Ann Morton. You see, sometimes I turn the sports page and I see the uh, society section and the pictures. She's very beautiful. Senator Morton's daughter, huh? You're quite a reader, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> yes, I am. Ask me anything, i got get the answer. Even news about people I don't know. Like uh, who would like to marry whom when his wife gets her divorce.
1: Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. One That's of which right. is me and the other one is him. That's <laughs> right. It's me.
2: I'm the other one. And we are here again coming to you live. Uh yep. d- 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 not live. It's, yes, no, it's, <laughs> live.
1: <laughs> it's not live at this all. It's a live show that it's you are listening to when you press the button. It becomes live. Yeah, when oh, you no, press the streaming. when, when you for when
2: this. you press the play button on your mobile device, it actually sets off a light in my house. There's like kind of like a spinning like red light <laughs> Woo, that alerts yeah. me that it's time to podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we do it for you, which is what and we're doing now. Also, we have a guest today, uh, our
2: first Sh- returning guest, I believe. Oh wow, Ooh.
1: wow, congratulations! I think that
2: might be the case. I may be wrong.
1: <laughs> I think I think Patak doesn't count. Patak
2: doesn't count. <laughs> Absolutely not. No.
1: Right. So yeah, Shannon Schruci.
3: Thank you Welcome for having back. me on again to talk about another old movie. I'm excited. That's
2: right. We did have you on for another old. We'll have you on for a new movie. One of yes, these. I like old
3: movies. I like all sorts of movies. <laughs> <lot> of the <laughs> first,
1: you'll be the first third returning guest, just so we can yeah. talk about fucking. Fast
3: and the Furious 9 or
1: something
2: yeah exactly we'll talk about Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> and these
3: old art films with like a huge Wikipedia page about their motifs yeah yeah like, have on to talk about the next John Wick or something yeah exactly I feel yeah.
2: bad it's very like you, you 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 we know somebody who went to art school come on <laughs> like.
3: I did I did whatever I my first YouTube series was just film analysis so I and I did go to film school and I don't really do Anything with that degree? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, Alfred Hitchcock. I know a lot about him. Yes, yeah. Thank you for having me back on. I'm excited. Well, glad to have you back. Uh, How you been? Uh, I'm excited for uh, I got my second vaccination. I'm ready to d- not oh, be in my yeah. house all the time. It's been a rough yeah. year, honestly, f- for me personally and for everybody. So I'm just excited to get back to because I used to like panel like conventions all the time and travel and see my oh, friends yeah. all the time and do a bunch of stuff. And I've just been like inside the house, and that's yeah. a big getting sick kind of thing. Lots of people
1: like make sure to bring hand sanitizer even before COVID.
3: Right. I mean, they call it con crud. That's what con like, convention crud. nerds call it. Because you always get... It's like people who are all usually just in their house all the time. I'm not being mm. mean. It's just true about like nerd convention people. Uh, yeah. And then they all get together and get drunk and get in tiny hotel rooms and they all get sick. And that's before yeah. a pandemic. So it is true. It's like it was wise of me to not... Because towards... Like, I guess uh, spring, summer last year, some people were still trying to do conventions, and I was like, no. No, spring, no, no. Spring summer <laughs> last year? Yeah, or they were, like, wow. trying to figure out. Because a lot of them, with their hotels, they could not cancel without, like, they couldn't get their money back. And these are small conventions where it would bankrupt them. Like, it was they right. had to make the decision, but it's also, like, you can't kill people.
2: Um, yeah, they figured it out. Not for one Punch Man voice actor or whatever. No, <laughs> like, not, for, not like, for, that.
3: that one Power Rangers guy, yeah. whoever, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not for the not for the metal band that does like incredible covers of Game Boy songs.
3: The yeah, proto or band. the the quirky steampunk band, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every con has one of those
1: flying draft whirlwind meal something. Yeah, yeah. I
0: don't
3: want to like name any of them. I've been at a lot of conventions and you get kind of like, okay, that's real quirky. That's cool. You Dude, do I your love thing. All, I'm not gonna I, I love all of that stuff. I <laughs>
1: like no no diss at all. It's all mm-hmm. incredibly cringe, but and I love it all.
3: It's very mm. sincere though. You know? <laughs> that's what it's I love like about it. They're they living it's their best like, life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: One of the best experiences I ever had at a con was like so I did a ball now. We did like a live show at an anime con, the the random middle of nowhere anime con we shouldn't have been at. It was in like Wilmington, Delaware. And those are
3: fun though. You never know what to expect.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh You're like, I don't know who any of these people are. There's, we're the biggest names on the bill. (laughs) (laughs) Don't really know what to expect. And our whole audience was like, um, it was these two kids dressed up in, like, Naruto robes sitting up front who were really sincerely, like, into what we were doing and were just, like, playing <laughs> along with everything. Not, not so laughing cute. at a single joke, but really sincerely there for, like, Dragon Ball stuff. Uh-huh. And then all the way in the back was a cosplaying couple as um, Vegeta and Bulma just making out. <laughs>
3: oh, well. Oh, well. I think i would have had to comment on it or my friends
2: with oh, the we a- channel
3: would, would have made fun of like you can't not make fun of vegeta and bulma making it That's oh, very sure. disrespectful.
2: but Are the best part know? the best part is that <laughs> later on in the night after we you know we finished our show and we went to go whatever there the hotel was doing the con and then the other side of the hotel was doing a wedding uh after party and we saw, we saw vegeta and bulma crash the wedding party <laughs>
1: They're they like, were oh, so cool. I loved Horny
2: awesome. Vegeta. It was the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in Brooklyn, there's a uh, bar called The Way Station, mm-hmm. which is a Doctor Who-themed bar. They have a TARDIS as the bathroom, um, and on any given night there will be like you said a steampunk folk band or like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comedy people who are like dressed as pirates or whatever <laughs> right. and it's just like a whole crowd of like people with strange hats and facial hair who are just like seconds away from experiencing awe that you haven't felt since you were a child you know and I just love mm-hmm. those kinds of people yeah <laughs> I, I hang out there all the time <laughs> I miss conventions very much
3: I do too it's very easy like it's, on Twitter and online people are very I don't know there's so much irony and like insincerity and stuff, but you go to one of those like little cons that's uh-huh. kind of its own world. It's really fun. I really like yeah. doing it.
1: Yeah. I'm 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 always writing that line of like, I know it's silly, but I'm not gonna be mean about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, what did you watch this week, Shannon?
3: I've um gotten really into this series that Epicurious does on YouTube.
2: Ooh, okay. It's like, uh, the
3: first one I watched was this 40-minute video that was how to cut every cheese. And it's just like an expert (laughs) cheese lady. And she spends 40-something minutes being like, you cut this cheese this way and serve it with this. And then she just keeps doing it over and over and over again. (laughs) Um, I'm not saying they're all 100% accurate, especially with like foods from other cultures. You can kind of see, like, I watched the fruit episode and the way he handled the durian was like, okay, dude, but I've just gotten oh, into these wrong? like, well, not that it's wrong, but it's just sort of like being dismissive of foods from other cultures. <laughs> oh, or like yeah, the yeah. white lady doing the cheese is like, okay, this is the cheese they put on a lotte. So I'm just going to like put it on some corn. It's like, that's not really the same thing. <laughs> not the same <laughs> um, thing. But I've really enjoyed watching these long videos. Oh, yeah. And we watched the, uh, with one of my family members, I watched the one. It's like, how to make every cocktail. And yeah, and the it's cocktail like one is fantastic. I've
2: seen that before.
3: Yeah, they're all classic cocktails. I'm like, I just like to learn something in a low effort way. So I'm just yeah, been watching all of Yeah, and the guy,
2: if I remember correctly, I watched it a while ago. But if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, the guy like with a bunch of them is just like, and this one was invented at some some uh, hotel somewhere. And it's always mm-hmm. like, it's always some American hotel in another country.
3: Yeah, 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 Oh, yeah.
2: weird. And it, like, got me in, really like, thinking Cuba about, like, or, yeah, yeah, or, that's yeah. what I think it was. And and it really starts to make me think about, like, it, is the cocktail, like, a distinctly American art form? Like, I'm not really sure, and it's not really an easy thing to learn about, but I really want to learn more about cocktails.
3: I'm sure he was just doing, he was doing, like, American cocktail, like, he called them, cl- quote-unquote, classic cocktails, but I'm sure mm-hmm. other, you know, cultures have their own, I don't know, history of it, but he was a very, right. I, I think I've seen him in other, Videos too, like that guy, that like quirky bartender guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoy watching those videos. Like I said, it's especially during uh, this period of my life. It's like let me just sit here and I don't want to watch like trash TV or whatever. I want to learn something, but let me just learn how to cut a dragon fruit. Or whatever. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching.
2: That rules. I I engage with food media a great deal, and yeah, um, way more
3: than me. I don't I don't watch
1: food very much. I like things uh-huh. that are. How to make stuff. So, this mm-hmm. does sound interesting.
2: Yeah, the cocktail one you'll like a lot. It's very interesting. Um, but one of the food media things is uh, uh, Top Chef is back right now. Mm. And Top Chef, if you don't know, is like it's a competition between like, you know, like chefs and sous chefs and like various people in like the restaurant industry to be like crowned like number one chef of the year or whatever for <laughs> this TV show. It's and like
1: Top Gear or is it? No, the not same- like Top Gear.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's not like Top Gear. <laughs> It's like, um, you remember like Project Runway? Yeah. Or like a show like that. It's like a competition reality show with cooks, right? But the thing is that at the end of it, the winner gets like $100,000. And this year, it's like a quarter of a million dollars. And wow, what's crazy is like this year, they, they made it during COVID time. And all the restaurant owners are like, you know, their little confessional booths usually are just like, hey, I really want this money so I can like take my restaurant to the next level and like, you know, go on with my career. And this year it's all just like, I need this money so I can hire my staff back. And
0: (laughs) the show is taking on this really
2: dark turn. Great country. (laughs) It feels like a survival (laughs) competition.
3: Yeah, they get more cutthroat and like you could see it in their eyes that they're
1: like It feels really
2: intense.
1: (laughs) But Epicurious is like a Condé Nast company, right? Like it's a big, probably. I have no idea. It's probably
3: something. I
1: don't know. It's
2: (laughs) it's probably something.
1: (laughs) It's probably something awful. But it's like really well produced. Like it's not like it's like a big production. Like it looks really nice, like a box or something. It looks very
3: professional.
1: Um, Yeah, it's a white studio sort of a look.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Nice, nice. There's yeah. another, I think it's from a different channel, I don't remember which one, and it's like videos where they have experts come in, and then it's like, I'm a coffee expert, and they give them two kinds of coffee, and they're like, this is the good one, and this is why. I don't remember what it's called, or what, it's on a different <laughs> channel. I'm also obsessed with that, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna learn every. I don't eat salami, I don't eat most meat, I'm gonna learn everything about nice salami versus cheap salami.
0: <laughs> uh, and it's
3: all. it's never like the cheap one is crappy, it's just like... Oh, this is the difference in nice versus cheap co- chocolate or whatever. I watch a lot of that. It's probably, it might even be the same Parrot company. I don't know. <laughs> but I there's, watch a lot of food YouTube like that.
2: There's a really good series. It's not food related, but it's, um, I think it's, like, GQ or somebody, like, that makes these ones where it's, like, a, a like an accent expert who, like, mm. goes through different movies where somebody puts on an accent. And oh, like, that's funny. And, like, will be, like, and he's doing a really good job here with this one, but, like, he kind of drops it over here and, like, he, like, analyzes it really in depth. Very good.
1: Oh, I think I've seen that guy. Is he yeah, also he really looks like, good um,
2: at... He looks like uh, Dennis from Always Sunny.
1: <laughs> is he also really good at like accents and impressions? He's like and an stuff? accent coach, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. his job. Yeah. I love I love YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't it's it's weird because it's like there's all of this content like you're saying, that's epicurious stuff. But like it, it's weird when you don't really know who's like one single person in a basement or mm-hmm. like a huge company being like, we can also make this very low effort content (laughs) uh, for hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is, it's very strange that the content at all has all sort of like become a single thing or like a Mm -hmm. very like obvious way of doing things. I don't know. It's a really interesting
2: path. Yeah, it's like a tone of voice that's been adopted across. It's kind of the same way that like, um, like the YouTube face has like kind of become you know, like across all platforms, like the YouTube face is done the same way where, you, you know what I'm talking the thumbnail face. like, oh, the, like the, the... Yeah, yeah. Uh. The story face?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's like
2: sorry face or some sort of like big reaction to whatever the title of the video <laughs> is. Oh, yeah,
3: the like... Rob Wispin, who did the like, I sucked off my VCR. What was it? I don't remember. He did like a Uber very funny... Uber driver pair. sucked me off. <laughs> oh, yeah, Uber driver sucked me off. That was, I don't know why I love VCR. That's what, yeah, that's what I was
1: thinking <laughs> Yeah, <of>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely that guy. It is interesting. But speaking of accents, that brings me to what I uh watched this week, which was uh for the very first time I watched JFK, directed Ooh. by Oliver Stone. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you know uh my presence on the internet, you know I'm a little bit interested in that case. And uh <laughs> it was <laughs> it was um interesting because it's a three and a half hour movie. Right. It's so long. And I I was like assuming that it was gonna be I don't know what I was going to assume because it was like a big it was in 1991 and it was this big, you know, like media event and cultural event. Like the most I knew about it was on Seinfeld. They like have the like the loogie version of the the, the Zapruder film. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching it, I was so surprised that it's basically just an explainer video.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Like, have you seen
3: it? Yes. I haven't. You know. I've wanted to, but I have not.
1: Yeah, I, I was really surprised that it is, it feels more like a YouTube video of like, okay, one there's like a certain point in the movie where it's just like, okay, here's what happened. <laughs> here's how things happened and why it happened. And I was surprised that while there is some detail left out that like didn't get unveiled until later, like, um like, James Douglas wrote a book called JFK and the unspeakable, which came out in like the early two thousands that like added a lot. And actually I just was looking at Oliver Stone's Twitter and they had like a conversation that like came out like last week, um, about this whole case. Um, but was, I was really surprised was that the sort of overarching theme of why it was important was like complete at that time. Like Mm -hmm. the idea that the CIA killed JFK in a sort of like coup d'etat, um, was, is like, that's what the movie says. <laughs> right. It's like that's what happened, and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I did not realize that
2: was like. No, it's extremely explicit, and it's like singularly it's- responsible for like our national obsession with the JFK assassination. Like before that movie came out, as far as I understand, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not that old, but like as far as I yeah, understand I was five it, when like this movie
1: came out. <laughs> yeah,
2: as far as I understand it to be like before that movie came out, like JFK was at the level of like uh like n- like a 911 conspiracy theory like mm, th- like, right. like the people there are people who for sure were subscribed to the idea but it was not a widespread thing that everybody like,
1: Is like I would bet if like you that?
2: polled America like <laughs> people who even know JFK was a person who existed like I would imagine probably you got a 50/50 chance that they're going to say like somebody other than who the official story
1: Now for sure yeah yeah um but, but, as far as it,
2: I understand, before that movie came out, like that's not how it was seen publicly at all. interesting
1: well, I, I was really surprised that it was so explicit and it was so careful like if you don't I felt like if I hadn't already read the book, you know what I mean? It was like watching Mm. Lord of the Rings where you're like, what's happening? (laughs) Who are these fucking people? Um, But, you know, me being steeped in it, I was like yelling at my TV like, oh, Alan, oh, the three tramps. (laughs) (laughs) Like all these characters I know from the story. Um, But it's crazy because the acting is hilarious. (laughs) Um, Like Garrison is good. Like uh, Costner is good as Garrison, but he's doing this like everyone's accent is completely falling off all of the time where he's Mm -hmm. just like doing a Louisiana. I'm from new Orleans half the time. And then some scenes he's just like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm just Kevin Costner. And then Joe Pesci is doing like a, a down home, like country accent. And he has Mm. these weird pain and on eyebrows. And then like half the time he just goes back into Joe Pesci. Um, It's very strange. Um, But the acting scenes, there's only a couple good ones. And then, like, the scenes where him and his wife is like, You're, this is tearing our family apart, are really sort of <laughs> over-the-top and boring and don't really work. Mm-hmm. But I was so surprised for a three-and-a-half-hour mo- movie. It really fucking flows. It really <laughs> moves. And uh, I wasn't really bored. And it might be because I have been reading a lot about this topic in general. Um, but I, I thought it was a really fun movie. I loved it.
2: And it was nominated for Best Picture, which is kind of insane. <laughs> it is
1: kind of insane. Just indicting the fucking government for like not having a democracy. and We had a fascist coup of our country. That's like, what? <laughs> Are you sure this is allowed? I don't know. It was very strange. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a, a fantastic film. Um, and I thought everyone did a really good job. And I would love to see sort of a... Like I don't know a DLC or like an update to it, where
3: it's just like <laughs> gotta get my GFK DLC.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or people, I want to see the Hobbit version of this. Uh, mm. I was I've been thinking a lot about how the the Devil's Chessboard would make a good like HBO prestige TV, like the like the Alan Dulles biography,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: and I think I, that would be a really good companion. Um, but I, it was very good anyway. Jeremy, what did you watch this week?
2: Well, thanks for asking, Bryn um i'm gonna bring the mood into a totally different place here i watched the uh, 2021 film mortal kombat
1: (laughs) Kombat. (laughs) on
2: opening on opening day i watched it on uh, on hbo max you've been
1: very excited
2: i've been very excited i gotta admit i've been very excited for the mortal kombat i like that the ice comes out of his hands i like it (laughs) hell yeah um, and I must say folks at home, uh, it's bad. It's, it's a bad movie. It's, it's stupid in all the ways you don't want it to be stupid. Unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in what ways exactly? Uh,
2: so, okay. So first of all, just uh, the most obvious thing, they have the song and they don't use it. They don't use the song until the end credits. You get all the way to the end and they do the, they do the Mortal Kombat song. And it, and it's like a dubstep remix of the Mortal Kombat oh. song. You have the song, just use the song. Everybody loves it. You Wait, know?
1: <laughs> it's a dubstep remix? Yeah, like, they do
2: like a dubstep remix of, of the Mortal Kombat as song. As though it
1: was released 15 years ago? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: With like that weird like... um. What are they what it sounds like those like wooden uh glockenspiel things like the you know how like every song had that sort of sound in it for a little while like during like the dubstep uh
3: like like
2: after yeah that's so
1: weird oh yeah I know
2: what you mean yeah yeah, so uh yeah so that right off the bat terrible terrible not not good not not very good um Opening scene, incredible. The first seven minutes of the movie are really fucking good <laughs> because they do like, it's like an ancient Japan and like, it's like the ancestors of, of all these people. And it's like, uh, okay. the, like old time Sub-Zero and old time Scorpion and like Sub-Zero like kills Scorpion's wife and kid <laughs> like the opening scene. You see a dead child. You're like, Oh my
3: God. Oh,
2: <laughs> Really not uh, emotionally prepared for this at this time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, an- there's another baby, and that baby survives. And you're like, okay, actually, I am emotionally prepared for and that's exactly Luke this. And that's Kang or something? <laughs> uh, no. So, okay, so the protagonist of the movie, uh, his name, the character's name is, like, Cole something. Um, okay. Uh, Cole Young is his name. And the whole movie, they tease that he is the ancestor of Scorpion. And so you're like, oh, wow, cool. So at some point, c- so the the mechanism by which this all happens is, like, You're born with a birthmark that is the Mortal Kombat dragon. And if you have the Mortal Kombat dragon birthmark, that means that in the future you'll have to do Mortal Kombat. Okay. And it, I guess it also means that somewhere deep down in you, you have a magical power that will someday be unleashed, right? Does that
3: have any precedent, like in the Mortal Kombat lore? I have no idea. Ever, I was <laughs> to say, I'm not super. It's like, did they just? Was that a thing ever? Or Did they just say, like, okay know, for I've, this movie? 2021. I, I
2: played the the arcade games yeah. as a child. <laughs> I haven't followed the lore very much. But so you have a birthmark, and that means you have to do Mortal Kombat. It also means you have a magic power, and so everybody's unlocking their magic powers. And like Liu Kang has fireballs, and like Kano has like a laser eye, and whatever. And and the whole time you're like, oh, Cole, his is gonna be that he's scorpion, and and the movie really like leads you down that path, and you're like, for sure, he's gonna be scorpion, and that's gonna be what it is, and then the it's like the twist of the movie basically is he's not scorpion he's just another guy
1: why <laughs> well who's scorpion
2: his, scorpion is like he comes up from hell at the end by like a total coincidence
1: <laughs> that sucks why would they do that
2: i don't know and cole's magical power is that he has armor that looks like a power rangers costume <laughs> um it looks like- it literally looks like rubber that they like carved little etching into and um what else? What else annoyed me about this movie? <laughs> it was really bad, man. Um,
1: so it's not even fun. Bad. Like it's no, not, they like, don't even cool. fight
2: enough. They yeah, do, I
1: like, had a feeling.
2: It's a two-hour movie, and we don't even get to like big fatalities until like the last fifteen minutes or Oof. so. Like they, it's all lead up to this. Like you know, they're like, and the tournament's coming up. The tournament's coming up, and then out of nowhere. Uh, Shang Tsung is like, uh, actually, we're gonna try to cheat so that we don't have to do the tournament.
1: (laughs) Why? Why do they not Uh, want to do the tournament?
2: I guess it's like if you win the tournament enough times, then you get to like own Earth. (laughs) And so they're at like, like it's like having a card with like your free yogurt. And you've got, like, seven of the eight. And he's about to get the eighth one. And he's like, I'm so nervous that we're not going to get our eighth one. We're not going to get her free yogurt. Let's just steal the yogurt instead.
1: Wow. That's a terrible story. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, I feel like anybody could have, like, anyone could have written a better story. I could write a better story right now.
2: One of the really annoying things is, like, I you know, I had joked a lot coming into it. Like it's just going to be all introducing characters. It's going to be all origin stories. It really is. It's all just origin stories of every character, but not even cool origin stories (laughs) that are like, and you know, this person's like this because this, this, and this happened to them. It's, Mm -hmm the origin of why they look like they do. Everybody get. Everybody starts the movie, nor- like Kano looks normal at the beginning and then his eye gets scratched out. Right. <laughs> That's like the explanation for why he has a metal thing over his eye. <laughs> Jax not. starts out the movie with regular arms and then Sub-Zero freezes his arms off. And then this is this is the best part. This is the best part is he gets his arms frozen off, and he's like, "I'll never be able to fight again." And then these Shaolin monks in a cave give him a robot arm.
3: That's pretty cool. I like. That. It but doesn't like, make any sense.
2: Yeah, they're they're like mixing bombs, and like, making potions and stuff, and then and, he comes out with a robot. Arms.
1: Yeah, we've got special tinctures and ancient <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. magic and ancient also magic. Tony Stark's laboratory.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Another major highlight of the movie is Scorpion only speaks Japanese. He doesn't speak English ever, okay. except once for no reason at all. He says, get over
1: here. <laughs> well, just because that's what he says in the game. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, 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 but they don't like motivate it at all. Ooh. It has no reason for being there. He just says it. <laughs>
1: Why does he only speak Japanese then? Because
2: he's Japanese. Rival, he's from what's ancient the point Japan.
0: Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> you already wrote the cool ancient Japan part, and wow. you can't really justify him speaking English
1: otherwise. <laughs> so you just don't justify it. Yeah, you just he just put it up in. That,
2: He picked up that one phrase in hell. It's just, they yeah, say yeah. it all the time in hell.
1: <laughs> Get <laughs> so over here. That makes sense. Get over here. It's they like, say sort it constantly. of our inside joke in hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: When it's t- a bit between me and the devil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. You wouldn't get it. Uh, yeah, that um, sounds really bad. And it's what's it's really frustrating. Bad. I really hate when they take things and then add a character who's supposed to be like an audience stand in.
2: Yeah, he's the Marty McFly.
1: But for no reason. No like, reason. And the, they no give him all the that.
2: coolest. Like, he kills Goro and Sub-Zero. And you're like, but you don't have a power? Like, your power is you have armor? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> He's yeah. motivated by his love of his wife and child, um, and that's like a big thing Awful. for him. He's he's like a magical wife guy. He's mm. <laughs> just really strange.
1: Yeah, that sounds really terrible, and I'm glad I didn't watch it yet. We will be talking about on the bonus this week that there's like a gazillion sequels coming up. Yeah. so it's Yeah, no, that's the other thing well. is that it's
2: it's so obviously just like franchise bait. Like, did right. you see Alita: Battle Angel? Mm-mm. It's the same thing with Alita: Battle Angel, where like you. And in a lot of movies these days, where it feels like you can tell that they're just like setting this up to be like, and then we're going to make good movies down the line. Because Alita Battle (laughs) Angel, literally at the beginning, they're like, Ed Norton is going to be an important character in this, and then you don't see him again (laughs) until the last five minutes when he's just like, hmm, and then it closes.
1: (laughs) Eventually, you'll see this character do something interesting, but not yet.
2: Not yet. We paid a SAG wage for Ed Norton. (laughs) (laughs) He came in and shot
3: for two hours and left.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
2: exactly. He had one shoot day. (laughs) Partial.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because I feel like there was, I don't know, not too long ago, there was, like in the 90s, there started to be like, uh, it's, we're leaving it open for a sequel but it Mm -hmm. would always be like a complete movie and then a stupid tag at the end Mm -hmm. like what if there's another one and then it would either not happen or not happen but now everyone's like writing their thing just planning on it like no there's going to be a sequel already
2: yeah like it's not even making a movie they're like they're making an intro to the movie they're they're making
1: episode one and it's like this pilot blow
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean to use the old Mortal Kombat as an example like that one End it like it was a full complete movie, and then the end of it was like, and then a big shadow guy jumps out of the ground, and he's like, And eh, now you gotta fight me. And they're like, All right, then, and then credits roll. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there was never another
2: one. No, there was. They made Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and it opens oh, with right. Johnny Cage getting his neck broken. It's like the first thing that happens <laughs> in the movie, and they clearly filmed it at the end of the last movie <laughs> just in case they couldn't get people back. <laughs> I always, I always picture them having a shoot day where they break everyone's neck once just to be like in case we can't get you back next year
3: <laughs> you just need to have it for safety you just gotta break <laughs> neck just for safety
2: get one for safety <laughs> yeah
1: let's mm-hmm. get all the spine breaking for safety <laughs> mm-hmm. let's just have it yeah i really hate this whole like trend of just like everything's a franchise do mm-hmm. I- it's it's it makes everything worse and as a nerd it makes everything hard to catch up on mm-hmm. and like everything feels like broken and and not uh linear do you know what i'm saying like yeah, it, yeah. not everything fits together because they don't actually care so it makes this thing go off my brain where it's like well i guess i have to watch all of them but then there aren't all of them and not everything lines up anyway it really right I, I, it makes me not want to watch anything Anyway. <laughs>
2: anyway, speaking of anything to watch, mm-hmm. we watched Strangers on a Train Directed as uh, Hitchcock Month Hitchcock. Uh, uh, rages on <laughs> for another week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock. I'm obsessed,
2: by the way, with on the on the Wikipedia page for Strangers on a Train, the uh, the artwork for it looks like um, the artwork for the in-betweeners, that that British sitcom. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, no. Weirdly, that's the original poster.
2: That's so funny. Uh,
1: This was directed. This came out in 1951, but uh, the the original poster does look like it's like um like a zany like like an old label maker. Um, yeah, -hmm. it looks like it was made in the 90s. Like this should be a poster for singles or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Strangers on a Train, 1951, Alfred Hitchcock film. Um starring fairly granger ruth roman robert walker people i don't know um i didn't really notice anybody in this cast being anybody famous like the last couple things we've done i mean like anthony perkins obviously um cary grant we've done we've had um uh ingrid ingrid bergman yeah, yeah. Um, lots of but this one i don't know these people did, shannon did you know these people
3: um, Granger is one of the lead guys in Rope, which I haven't ah. seen. But I was like, "Oh, that's interesting," because I've always I was always wanted to see Rope. Uh, and uh, the guy who played Bruno, Robert Walker, Robert died. Walker. Yeah, yeah. It was really sad. I was reading about it last night. He probably would have had a much longer career, but he was thirty two and he was drinking, and his like psychiatrist forcibly injected him with like, um, whoa, a sedative, and he like died. Like at his house. It was really, and uh, evidently the other lead uh, Granger was like a good friend of his and was like devastated or whatever. So he probably had a very promising career. Robert that's, Walker did, but then that's he the had kind of his...
2: shit that only happens in the fifties. Like,
3: yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I don't think that guy got it. It's like he probably should have been arrested and charged with something. You know, he probably if had if a long like career in medicine. Dude.
2: They were like, "Good job helping him with his depression."
3: Yeah, he just, <laughs> you like, did it. Died. it like, yeah, <laughs> you it's cured really it. Sad. Yeah, yeah, it did cure it or whatever. Evidently, he was a Mormon. Yeah, I was just reading his Wikipedia page. Oh, he does,
2: oh, he does <laughs> have things. he does have a very strong Mormon energy to him. Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
3: big time. Uh, but yeah, he like I said, he probably would have gone on to do other stuff, but that's yeah. what happened to him. So. That's sad.
1: So this is a weird one in that Hitchcock. Uh, when you look on uh, the best of lists of Hitchcock stuff, it's generally up there. Um, people, but I had never seen this movie. Jeremy, had you seen it?
2: Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I picked this and The Birds for for my uh, for my Hitchcock picks because they're the two that I'd seen.
1: <laughs> oh you'd only seen two
2: i think so i don't think i've seen oh, vertigo well. or anything like that
1: oh my god yeah he'd never seen psycho
2: yeah i'd never seen psycho before we watched it
1: <laughs> um which is good uh and shannon did you seen this one
3: i have i've seen a bunch of hitchcock i have not seen this one I, I had s- not until last night
1: right i hadn't seen this one either and i was i i find it uh i i was very surprised as to what this movie is so let's I feel like it's going to be hard to do a recap. I think we're going to have to go point by point like we did with the last one um, with Spellbound because it's one of those twisty, weavy ones. So the movie Mm -hmm. opens and we have a tennis player and I guess like cultural uh, socialite. Yeah. Um, This guy, uh, what is his name? Uh, Guy Haynes. Guy Guy Haynes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Guy is on a train. And he is going to see his ex-wife and then his new girlfriend. And he meets a guy who is a weird, wormy guy. And the mo- <laughs> the movie opens with this scene that is very laden with homosexual tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're sort of talking and he he's slowly rolling out this idea he has, which is the way if you wanted to commit a murder, just saying if you wanted to, you would get another random person that you met just like me and you met on this train, we would, um... You would kill my dad, and I would kill your ex-wife. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's, It's, like, clear from the jump that, like... Whatever it is that happened before this scene, like in the you know in the prequel to to Strangers on Train, it's pretty clear that like Bruno was there to see him, like specifically was there to see him. This uh-huh. wasn't like a chance encounter or anything like that,
1: right? Which he later explains that he's like he actually does know who he is. He's been reading about him in the paper. Right. The situation is he has an ex-wife from when he wasn't famous. He's as a er, he has a current wife from when he wasn't mm-hmm. famous. He's become a big tennis guy. He's become like like rubbing shoulders with the senator's daughter and he is uh you know he's big and famous now so he wants to leave the ex-wife who's mean she actually is very mean she's very uh, mean (laughs) for basically no reason um but she cheated on him and it has uh, is pregnant with another guy's baby apparently Mm -hmm. and he wants to break up with her so he can fall in love with the senator's daughter and marry her and that's all in the paper, I guess. <laughs> or Bruno's yeah. gleaned it from the socialite section of the paper. And he says, actually, so you want to get rid of your ex-wife. I want to get rid of my dad for some reason. Um, so we should do this. We should, you know, let's collab. And he's like, no, you fucking freak. <laughs> um, and then they leave. And that's one of the stra- well, the biggest surprise I had in this movie was... I thought it was all going to take place on the train.
3: <laughs> mm. uh, I, I, for did some reason, I did <laughs> too. <laughs> there's probably a different Hitchcock movie that all takes place on a train I'm mixing that I haven't seen that I'm mixing it up with. Well, there's um. definitely Murder on the Orient
1: Express, which is not a Hitchcock movie, but mm-hmm. it does all take place. And I thought it was like Hitchcock's version of that. Mm-hmm. This mm. is not what that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a very strange movie where he gets off and he goes to talk to his wife and uh, she's like, Hey, you got a lot of money now. Maybe I'll claim that this baby is yours and yeah. I won't give you a divorce so that I can get child support from you. So this
2: is we were talking about this before we started recording, but and and we've talked about this in the in the weeks leading up to this. This like image of Hitchcock as gamer gator is like really just <laughs> like it's so solidified in this oh, yeah. movie in particular where like this woman is so like un reasonably mean about everything she's like but like cold and petty in a way that like nobody is in real life where she's just like, mm, I if I had known you were gonna be such a big tennis star, I wouldn't have cheated on you with men.
4: Men <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, like,
3: give she's me like the money. running
2: around as she's saying it and shit. <laughs>
3: She's like, give me the money for the lawyer. Actually, I'm going to keep it. And he just lets her. She's just like, mm, I'm going to put this money in my pocket. And he's I'm like, oh, you to go buy some nice mean. outfits. Yeah. Like, right in front of him. She's like, mm, no, I don't think so. It's like, it doesn't really make sense. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And then he's just like, I'm going to shake you. And then, like, someone is like, hey, whoa, this is not a time for normal family arguments. Oh, yeah, that's family <laughs> arguments. like, <laughs> throttling
3: her. <laughs> Keep your family arguments at home, please, ma'am.
2: Yeah. Keep your civil family stuff at home. <laughs> the
3: normal way we all treat our wives,
1: just do it at home. <laughs> just like slamming her against the wall or whatever. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> so it is about this time, I feel like since we don't, aren't going to have an end of this, it's all. Uh, I just wanted to mention that the critics at the time appear to think that this movie is some kind of mccarthyism statement that that, that, that there's some sort i read that there was critics saying that there was like oh it's such an interesting metaphor for the climate of anti-communism and anti-homosexuality uh which i did not get i don't understand what the message would be if that was true (laughs) um because basically, this guy gets roped into by a very queer, crazy guy uh, into tr- trying to kill, uh, trying to have a murder happen. So I don't really know what the message would be, but keep that in mind as we c- continue yeah, to explain I- what happens. <laughs> <laughs> because that it it's hilarious if that's true. Um, okay, so he he just is like, "Fuck you, I don't care," and he goes to see his new uh, his new beau. Uh, the senator's daughter, and then I get a little fuzzy here. Jeremy, do you remember what happens?
2: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they they're talking about this basically, like they're just like yeah you know I can't believe your fucking wife what a bitch she yeah, wants to yeah, yeah. fucking he's on the divorce phone. Like, you I want to
3: strangle her oh yeah what? that's right. he's in the I phone booth he's I like, said I want to strangle
2: her yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, like I to would take, take a rock <laughs> and beat her over the head with he's it. he's like Hello? screaming it <laughs> yeah.
3: Screen in the background he's screaming it over the phone geez it's I so loud in here maybe if I open hand. the
2: door of the phone booth maybe, maybe that'll make it a little quieter
3: I want to murder my wife which really doesn't I mean his girlfriend remembers it but you would think oh someone will overhear it doesn't matter. It doesn't really doesn't matter. It never comes it's back. It doesn't matter. Well, matter
1: in the whole movie. So, oh, so
2: then we have the the um the ex the I keep wanting to say ex wife. She's not his ex wife, and it's very important to the plot. The wife is now going out on like an Eiffel Tower date with two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. All> right.
1: <laughs>
2: to the to the uh, right. But first, to,
1: but first, guy goes talks to the senator and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he oh no he
2: no, I think that happens after. That, this. after. Oh, shit, you're right. Uh, I'm sorry. Because yeah, yeah, they call him
1: in, like, we have something to tell you.
2: It's terrible news. Yeah, you <laughs> The you're woman you hate right. more so than we, anything.
1: <laughs> so, we, so just from telling this guy that his plan is that he wants him to kill his father and he, he's going to kill his wife, he doesn't take this seriously because there's just like, an insane person that he met on the train. Yeah. And then the next scene is that weird guy whose name is Bruno. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno goes... To the fair. Oh, another
2: commonality between uh, the other movie that we watched together. Which one? Uh, Bicycle Thieves.
1: Oh, oh yeah, Bruno. Bruno.
2: The son's name is Bruno. Yeah, no, Bruno!
1: <laughs> Bruno! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bruno goes to the fair, and he stalks the girl, who is sort of a mousy, like you can tell she's like the equivalent of like, the sort of right wing caricature of like a Tumblr like mm, feminist. Yes, you know yes, what I yes, mean? yes. Um,
2: she's a she's clearly like a spinster type. Well, she's, but she's
1: got all, glasses, but she's also a slut. She's yeah. like mm-hmm. she, she's she's mousey and not attractive, but also fucks everybody apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's very reactionary. Yeah, so she's out on a date with two
2: guys at once. Yeah, uh, which is something that apparently like people did back then.
1: There's a couple other people it seems like in the their party, but it it does seem weird. So they take a boat across... It's like a little boat ride it's to a, tunnel, a little of life. island. It's a... But they just go hang out on the other island. I guess you just fuck on the island or something. I don't know. And there are a bunch yeah. of people
3: laying around on the fuck island, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this culture of the 50s.
1: Is this where right. you went? Yeah. It's just like a, a, an island with no lights. There's yeah. no, like... Lights or electricity—it's just like a dark grass patch in the middle of a of a lake. Uh, and they—but it
2: is a very good um, Hitchcock scene, uh, like yes. a good like tense little scene as they're going through the tunnel of love, and like you like you see them go in their little boat, and then you see the dude go in in his little boat, and then there's like. Some tense silence, and then a scream, and you're like, "Oh no, he's sh- he's strangling her in the tunnel of love." And then they come out the other, end, and you're like, "No, it's just those two men she's on a date with, having a normal '50s social interaction with her." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's they're screaming. definitely trying to
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying to sexually assault her, but she- yeah. And so then they go to the boat, and Bruno goes to the island too. And then there's a really fun Hitchcock part where he. Basically, he's like, "Hey, are you Miriam?" And she's like, "Uh-huh." And then he just starts strangling her. Yeah. and her glasses fall off, and then you see the rest of the murder in her, the lens of her glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's fun. He goes and like dro- drops her down and picks her up, and that looks really nice. Um, so he kills her, and then he runs and, away. And Guy's and then-
3: lighter is also a big part of the plot. Oh, she sure. right. gets yeah. the lighter, uses it in her face to see who she is. And then it yes. becomes more important. It says A to G on it. It's like a little tennis lighter. Yeah, um,
1: somebody gave it to him uh, for tennis yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they talk about it on
3: I the train. think his girlfriend earlier. gave it to him because it says A to G, A G oh. something. Anna. Oh so right. Like a yeah, Little yeah. tennis. So it's like ties him to her, and also it ties. Yeah.
1: Right, and she and he leaves it on the train, and Bruno picks it up.
3: Yeah, I saw. I thought it was interesting. I saw a review where it was like, did guy? I don't think he left it on purpose. I thought he was just stupid. But is there a subtext if he kind of wanted it to happen, so he left it? Because if I had something Mm. and there was this crazy guy, I would make sure I got it back. I would have had if it was something that like was mine and tied to me. I'd be like, "Could I have that back, sir? Do I need to get security?"
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Whatever it is that you're gonna do later,
2: even if it's not this this thing we just talked about, I don't need you having that.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna be honest. I did not catch him leaving it or getting it stolen or anything. Yeah, when he left I saw it on
3: because he, he was like, "Can I see your lighter or whatever?" And he never got it back, and it was just like left on the table. Yeah,
2: yeah and, and you the see Bruno's him like, like
3: hmm, and takes
2: it. Well, he gets up for a second to be like, "Do I give it back to him?" No, no let's keep it.
1: Yeah, it was. Or is it
2: like part of the gay subtext where it's like he mm-hmm. left it there so that like you know like Bruno will have to bring it back to me and then I'll that's get to what see I re- him again one of
3: the uh, things I, was, I forgot what I was reading on Wikipedia or something it's like if you yeah, leave yeah. your tie or your jacket or whatever that kind of thing I don't know I that's just how you let people in the 50s stupid. know you're gay look like, well, I left my lighter here wink wink I don't know I'd like to get fucked that was fucked. what
2: flagging was back then <laughs> it's
3: it's like the lighter my female girlfriend gave me <laughs> Yeah, doing the co-stanza
1: of me <laughs> from Seinfeld co-stanza <laughs> uh yeah, so that's a little confusing because it does become a huge part of the plot and mm-hmm. it, it become uh the lighter and I was like, "Wait, how did he get the lighter?" Um uh, it's it's very subtle. Um so anyway, he almost leaves the lighter next to the body and then is like, uh oh, and then picks it up. It's very made made a big deal of. He takes the mm. glasses for some reason. Never really comes back.
3: Um, and he gives him the guy later, like, look what I did. I yeah, guess yeah
1: that I was guess it. the proof. Oh, proof. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very scripty. Um mm-hmm. and so he goes and he leaves and he gets away. Oh, but one of the people at the fair very clearly like looks him dead in the eye and is like, What the fuck is, why are you running away? Mm-hmm. Um and then that'll become important later. So then we go to Guy and his new girlfriend, the senator's daughter, and they're like, Guy, we have important news. I don't know how Eef. they know, but the cops, have t- Some,
2: I guess, like yeah, somebody just called them because I mean, he's the husband. You, you get a call. Right. I don't know how they found him there, but
1: <laughs> the cops have told us that Miriam is dead. Yeah, um, she got killed, strangled to death. And he's like, "That's wild."
3: <laughs> uh, wow. What? <laughs> we found him outside of his apartment and was like, "Look what I did." And he's like, "Ah," and then he like runs away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's
1: just like, "Wow, that's crazy." um <laughs> Oh, you also get a scene of him on the train to his girlfriend's house, um and he's talking to this drunk guy. and yeah. Um, so yeah, so he then there are multiple scenes where he talks to Bruno, and Bruno is like, "Hey, guess what?" I fucking killed your ex-wife. Now you're happy. That's great. And he's like, what are you talking about? You killed somebody? You killed... And he was like, you're happy about it, right? And he's like, no. No, you (laughs)
2: fucking weirdo. What? (laughs) And so
1: he is like, okay, listen. You gotta kill my dad, please. I'm just gonna like kill... You just kill my dad. I'll give you a gun. I'll give you a little map. And he's like, you're out of your fucking mind.
2: Oh, yeah, because we see a scene of him with his mom... And his Uh, mom is, like, painting this weird-ass, like, cool Picasso painting. (laughs) And he's like, you painted dad? And she's like, no, it's... it's St. Francis. St. Francis, yeah. But Uh, it does look
1: like a Francis Bacon thing where he's, like, screaming and is
3: crazy or whatever.
2: But there's some weird, like, uh, like... Over like overbearing mother shit going on and and isn't but she doing he, his like,
3: nails like queer, weird queer yeah. momfucker stuff whatever is happening there
2: <laughs> they're definitely and they like snuggle a little bit and like this yeah, is this is an adult man by the way again he's thirty one so I mean like it's weird
1: he looks very old but he so it's revealed that he hates his father it's still really not clear why but I guess maybe if there is like a homosexual subtext to it, maybe that's why
2: he, or it's like an Oedipus thing where he wants to get dad out of the way. So he can finally have mother all to himself. Yeah. She's really (laughs) weird
1: too. She doesn't seem to have like, she's not connected to reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he finds guy and tells him that he killed the girl. He gives her the glasses and he says, uh, yeah, you got to kill my dad. And he's like, that's, crazy and leaves so like a normal person at this point you would tell the police hey i know who killed my ex-wife it's this fucking right, insane yeah, yeah. guy but guy doesn't do that and for the rest of the movie this is just like i got completely lost like i'm just like why is he not just telling everyone
2: yeah it's not like it's not like he Bruno really has have... any sort of like he doesn't he has his lighter but that doesn't really explain anything and like I mean the problem eventually becomes that guy doesn't have a, an alibi because during the time that it happened he was on this train but the only person who can attest to him being on the train is the drunk guy.
1: Right and this is where it sort of becomes more of or I start to see more of the concept of it being like an anti-communist like witch hunt thing because like the cops immediately think it's guy. Mm-hmm. They're like well He had all the motive. We have literally no evidence. No one saw him, but it has to be him. And so Mm -hmm. the cops start following him and they basically just like openly start surveilling him, which is like completely. It's funny because like everyone just accepts that. We're like, of course, the cops are going to watch you 24 7 and you have given up every constitutional right you ever had, but you know, we suspect you. (laughs) And everyone's just like, that's normal. Um, And so I guess that kind of is a parallel to that, but... I guess... he really is involved in something. Like some guy like is blackmailing him, but he doesn't really have anything on him. I don't, I still don't really get why he thinks that he would do it. He's just nagging him. He's like, come on, please kill my dad.
2: Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and also like, like up until this point, guy hasn't like until he talks to the police about it, guy has no reason to believe that his alibi isn't strong. Cause he right. knows he mm-hmm. was on the train. He knows he talked to the guy and he's like, well, that guy knows I was there. So that's that, really, and then he's like, "Does he
3: not have a ticket stub or something?" Or the teller, mm-hmm. the place, it's like, "Is he there does, not but nobody they say,
2: else?" <laughs> they say he could have gotten off at Baltimore. Oh, yeah. They're like, "You could have gotten off the train early and gone and murdered your wife and then gotten back on or something." I don't know, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we I, want but,
2: it to be you. <laughs> but
1: like they say, it's like, isn't it a good enough that he knew that this drunk guy was on the train? And he like, could you found him? And they're like, no, it's not good enough. And it's like, why, though? Yeah.
2: I guess <laughs> um, you have to look at it with the 50s mentality, too, where it's like, you know, it's like, why aren't you uh, using this woman's failings as a person? You know, like, why, why isn't it any of the various men that she's been promiscuous with? Why is it me? You know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's like, the walls are closing in around me. You don't believe me? Did this woman see half of the country? Come on.
1: <laughs> right. So for whatever reason, guys... He, uh, Bruno keeps sending him, like, a package of a gun and a little, like, child's map to his room. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> which is very funny. A little,
2: um, a little refrigerator drawing of you killing my dad. A <laughs> little
3: crayon drawing with a key tape to it. Here's how to kill my dad. Right.
2: Yeah, with, with, like, labeled, like, you,
3: dad. <laughs> <laughs> it literally
1: is. It's so funny. Um, at which further... Uh, you know, shows how nuts this Bruno guy is. Um and I will say Bruno is more a psycho than Norman Bates. Like mm-hmm. his perfor- oh, yes. his performance is so creepy and uncomfortable.
2: Uh, and he's so funny too. Like, he, yeah. um, there's the, the one scene with his mother where he's like, and you know, I've always got my little plans. And she's like, <laughs> oh, oh, Bruno, with your little plans. And he's like, you know, like my plan to blow up the White
3: House. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part a lot. And he's like, no, what would the president think? I can't do that. Oh, I can't do funny. that. <laughs> <laughs> what would the president think?
1: Yeah, and and the, basically anytime he's on screen I felt pretty compelled. Like mm-hmm. I was like watching and I was like what is he going to do? But in a like a little bit disgusted way. So I, I have to say in retrospect like Bruno is not fun to watch, but it's very well done as yeah. he, in he's he's a a very convincing freak who might do something
2: this way. So And I think guy is a very convincing um uh like Mark I don't know Patsy like yeah. he he's very convincingly like under the thumb of this whole thing like right. I never yeah. once in this movie I'm like guy's in control he's got this <laughs>
1: yeah no he's scrambling he doesn't he's always panicking like under a stoic face he's just like <laughs> uh, so uh Bruno starts worming his way into high society life to try and make Bruno uh kill this kill his dad or
2: make guy kill his dad Sorry, yeah. to
1: make guy, guy kill his dad um and he starts to make friends with the the senator's friends and he just like shows up with like a racetrack or something and is like hey i'm i'm a big high society guy now i'm so charming and that's the thing he is really charming he He's speaks able to fluent char- french yeah, yeah, He's yeah french yeah. people at the tennis
3: match it's like what <laughs> his,
1: his dad is it ever clear what his dad does
3: she said he has money and that Bruno hates him. He's an yeah. insanely rich I think he wants guy. to like institutionalize Bruno or something. It's kind of implied, but yeah. it's never yeah. it's never said. I don't think what he does probably for being gay. Probably, um, yeah. So mm-hmm. he he
1: uh says, oh he goes in and there's a they get, he gets invited to a party, and at this party Bruno is like. um, trying to demonstrate on people like a fun party trick. He's like talking to this this woman who's like, oh, he's like, he's trying to tell her about the murder idea he has yeah, like, yeah he's
2: like he's like i've had the idea for a perfect murder and she's like i've never thought of murdering somebody before and he's like what about your husband and she's like oh of course go on
3: <laughs> i just <laughs> watched shadow of a doubt a couple months ago and people uh-huh. in that movie are like how would you plan a murder i know it's in a lot of hitchcock movies but i just kept thinking about that it's like how many people go into parties and they're like What's your perfect murder idea? And it's like a, <laughs> How, and all of this it? stuff. How would you do it? Oh, this scene escalates really fast, all right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I feel like maybe in high school I had a conversation like that once. If mm-hmm. a stranger, like, an adult stranger, approached me that way as like a fu- and they got I would too be into horrified. it, I would want to leave. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk to this person. Yeah, no, yeah. I would. I I remember having like conversations with. People
1: like girlfriends I knew who were like also into serial killers, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, we knew each other personally, and it was like, Well, how would you kill a person and not get away with it? Like, it's a kind of fun mind experiment, but like at a party, it's like, Hi, I'm a stranger. Would you
3: ever think about murdering someone? <laughs> <It's like>, how <laughs> would you <laughs> kill your is, husband? Can I put yeah. my hands on your neck?
2: It's like, This is all
3: red flags, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, so, hi, I'm
2: here. I'm here with the Census Bureau just asking a couple questions. How would you do a murder? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So in, conversation- yourself, white,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so in this conversation
1: So in this uh so in this scene he is like, "Hey, can I show you how to kill somebody without, you know, making them scream?" And she's like, "Sure, that sounds fun." He <laughs> catches a glimpse of a character we haven't mentioned, but guy's girlfriend's sister, who looks a little bit like Miriam, his ex, a his, little. his now dead <laughs> they wife. They both have she,
3: glasses.
1: They're mousy yeah. and they have glasses. Um, he catches a glimpse of her for the first time and goes into some sort of trance because he's like experiencing guilt and he's choking a neck and he's like, oh, I, I, I'm having this weird thing where he just like freaks out and starts actually killing this woman in, in the party and then he realizes it and everyone's like hey what the fuck is happening and then he passes out weird scene um <laughs> <laughs> uh but i guess interesting um so that causes uh the sister to be like hey wait a minute what the fuck is this how do you know this guy why did he know you from before um and his girlfriend like takes him outside and is like what did miriam look like what did your ex-wife look like and he's like, what do you mean? I don't know. Like a lady. Who gives a shit?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Classic and- guy. Classic guy move.
1: <laughs> and she's like, did she ha- was she had brown hair? He's like, yeah. He's, did you have glasses? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, did she look kind of like my sister? And he's like, I mean, kind of. And <laughs> And she's like, Okay, why did you kill her? Why did you tell Bruno? And he's like, okay, I gotta explain everything to you. So he comes clean. This is like halfway through the movie. Yeah, he finally yeah, yeah. comes clean to his new girlfriend about what actually happened, which is that Bruno is a fucking maniac who found him on the train and roped him into this thing and killed his ex wife. And now he's trying to, he's a, and, and he explains really well, like, why he thinks the cops wouldn't believe him at this point. And she's like, right. yeah, you're right, because I barely believe you now. Um, And so this is the
2: only place where the the phone call comes back into it, by the way. This is the place in the movie where she's like, I mean, when you called me that night and you said you wanted to strangle your wife, I almost thought maybe (laughs) he did. And you're like, you were right. (laughs) (laughs) Why why are you still in this conversation? Go to the cops.
1: (laughs) Right. But she believes him because as we as we the audience know he didn't kill him and Mm -hmm. so they come up with a plan to to get Bruno and 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 clear his name the first idea they have is to go tell the dad that Bruno is doing this and so there's a funny scene where he sneaks in to uses the child's map at night and takes the gun (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) and he goes like a video
3: game he's like okay yeah yeah, go down this path and then
1: (laughs) and he goes to the dad's house and uh He's like, "Hey, Bruno's dad, your son wants to kill you." And then light turns on and Bruno in a full tux uncovers yes. himself. <laughs> yeah, Bruno shows fucking homoerotic
3: subtext to this
0: movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls out the like guy gives him the gun back and Bruno just points the gun at him the whole time but doesn't shoot him yeah he's, he's
1: like, like this
2: is well this is yours I mean I, I feel go. like I, I don't I, want th- this yeah, <laughs> let me just give this up. insane I mean, I'm not man a loaded
3: gun <laughs> in his house where he could just shoot me but he's yeah, like, well, really, I won't shoot you I'll do something really, worse it's like okay
1: really bizarre behavior there mm-hmm. he's like I was gonna tell your dad and Bruno's like I know obviously Uh I don't want you to do that really you have to kill my dad and uh, he's like okay maybe later and then he gives him the gun though he's like I'm not gonna do it And Bruno's like, "Well, I'm gonna kill you," and then he walks out, like you say. And this is exactly almost the same scene as the end of Spellbound, where he has like the the gun trained on the girl, but he's like, "I know you're not gonna kill me," and she leaves, Um, which is weird to me. Um, I don't know why he was obsessed with this. I guess he thought there was like a a lot of tension in that, but it's just Mm -hmm. like I don't know. He's either gonna shoot him or he's not. Yeah. So anyway, their real plan. Then we have to start wrapping this up. Sorry, it's going (laughs) long, but. It's a very complicated movie. Um, the real plan that they come up with is one of the dumbest things in any Hitchcock movies I've ever seen, where they're like, shit, I have to play tennis. <laughs> <And> so- <laughs>
2: it's, I was thinking, this is like one of those like late career decisions that somebody would make, where it's just like, I'm known for tension, yeah, and I've done every single tense thing you can do in a movie. I can't repeat myself. So like, what else is like... Long and yeah. like <laughs> tense. Mm-hmm.
3: Tension and in a have- storm drain. Those two things
1: intertwined.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's filmmaking. So,
1: <laughs> so you, so you have to remember. This is pre Psycho. This is pre Rear Window. This is pre Vertigo. So mm-hmm. this he he still has time to grow. Um, but this is very. It, you're right. It does feel like he's like getting bored of being a tension guy. So this. Yeah. Like, a 10-minute-long scene happens where Bruno's like, well, we have to go catch Bruno because Bruno has decided he's going to plant the lighter on at the island.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and then I guess, like, go tell the cops, like, hey, go look for a lighter.
3: That yeah, you which, missed? Which,
2: which you yeah. scoured there it before? before.
3: Yeah, that obvi- you would have obviously seen.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> which I don't know what... Th- at this point, everything starts to fall apart, logically. Like... Yeah. How do you
2: tip the cops off to this and not make it very obvious that you planted evidence?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, it doesn't make any sense, but he's going to do it, and they're very concerned. And so instead of being like, I'm going to throw the tennis match or I'm going to miss the tennis match, he's like, well, I'll just be really quick.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll Uh, make it a very fast tennis match.
1: (laughs) And instead of throwing the game he decides he's going to win really good and fast. Which yeah, yeah, because
2: he's like, well, they'll know that I'm, that I'm up to something if I lose because I don't so lose. So I'll just
3: change lose. my play style entirely. The guy is like, oh, normally he's a slow player, but now he's just like really hammering it. It's like, this is yeah. so weird. Right, which doesn't work, by the way. He,
1: you know, wins the first two. Ma- I forget how tennis works. I mostly only know because of Mario Tennis' aces. Um, but I think he wins the first two matches. And then the last match he loses, and then they go through deuces. So it's just taking forever. Right. And then the sister has the car waiting, and he's like, "Okay, as soon as I win this game, I'm gonna run to the car and go, <laughs> uh, and then you do the distraction, which is pretend to suck a cop's dick <laughs> in broad daylight." <date> <laughs>
3: So there's that this amazing. That's because she's been like horny for the cop the whole time. Right, right. It's really cute, Bart actually, that,
1: that their little. Uh...
3: And she's like patting his crutch. She spills her makeup. Is it her powder or whatever? It's like, something, her, like it's girl. Cocaine, yeah. She just like drops cocaine crutches, on it. She's just like pounding his crutch in public and he's like, whoa, 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 honey. <laughs> right.
1: I like that part. Uh, so. Yeah, so uh, it's really unclear what their plan was, because it's just like, run, and then the sister will distract one of the cops. Um, So there's a lot, like literally 10 minutes of the movie is him playing tennis. It's not particularly well directed. It's like they reuse a lot of the same shots for every serve. Uh, They're sort of just like smears of the clock, and then like the girlfriend just like biting her nails in the stand it's very boring yeah and then Bruno leisurely going to the island (laughs) um, and then while he's doing that he drops the lighter in an open like gutter
0: ridiculous
3: (laughs) oops and then... Uh, and he's just
2: got his hand down there. And he I gets a
3: whole crowd of people. Like, I guess this was the 50s where that many people would care if you yeah, dropped something no TV down the Yeah, yet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. He, like, he, he asked, like, some random worker. He's like, hey, can you open this grate? And he's like, I don't know. Th- how do you do that? It's like a city thing. It'll take, like, a week or
2: whatever. He's like, oh, yeah. my lighter's
1: right there. And then he's like, I don't know, maybe get a really strong guy. And then, like, multiple... <laughs> <laughs> Multiple people start coming. Maybe get a coming, kid
2: with little hands or something,
1: <laughs> which puts him like hundreds of witnesses like around this he's also
3: lighter. Like, my lighter. He doesn't say it's something else. He could have yeah. said yeah, my yeah. key. He could have just lied. He's like, oh, my. I need my lighter. It's very important. And they're like, yeah. David, all the people what? are
2: like, who cares? Just go get another lighter. And he's like, no, yeah. but it's, it's sentimental. It's really important. <laughs> This so car total- case is just crumbling before his eyes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is already a dumb plan, as we've mentioned. Going yeah. to the island to plant evidence, like, days after the fact. Um, but, so, during the tennis match, you get tennis, the very exciting, tense game of tennis. And then his hand just slowly reaching into a grate. And that's supposed to be Hitchcock, the master of tension and suspense. Um and then he gets it, <laughs> which is weird because it, he, he, it shows his hand like barely able to fit. And then it falls like a foot farther. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like tries hard,
3: yeah. <laughs> like dislocates his shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining got a magnet on a string or something. Yeah, like I don't know where some, he would have gotten it, but some yeah, of your... there's like
2: so many movies that do this too. I'm thinking of all the schemes from all those, like a, like a fishing line with a little bit of chewing gum on the yeah, end the of it. Chewing, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've had to do that in real life. I don't really remember why. Yeah, but anyway. He, it just like he's just i was just imagining his hand turning into um the second episode of the x files like stretch like he just like yeah, it yeah, doesn't make yeah, any yeah. sense his hand just keeps getting longer um <laughs> so then he gets it and then he keeps going uh yeah, so yeah, yeah. whoa wow okay so he goes to the island or to the well, it's fair. important
2: bryn that we account for the time that yeah, he's yeah. been playing tennis <laughs>
1: which he doesn't have to do yeah we... uh, it's, it's never really set up why he would do that it's just like well i got i gotta i gotta do tennis where they going to think something's up which it yeah, is if he doesn't
2: show up for the game then
3: yeah he was grieving isn't that an easy out for a tennis game that's not that important that was
1: my no, the, the papers
2: have all been talking Absolutely. about how much he hates his wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he gets in a car they run they drive real fast to the fairground to meet up with bruno um once bruno gets to the fair he beats him by a lot um, Bruno gets to the fair, though, and the island has become, like, a weird tourist attraction where they're like, go to the island where a girl died. <laughs> and <laughs> and he's, like, waiting in line to get on a boat to go he to also, the island. He asks the
3: hot dog guy, what time does it get dark around here? And then gets angrier and angrier when the guy's like, I don't know. It's like a we He's just mean to everybody yeah. <laughs> while he's there, too. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I don't know. What is the hurry? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
1: it's also a weird question because, like, does it is it a different time zone? I thought I it's thinking. like a thirty start minute at the drive. Same
0: time. <laughs> it's at like a thirty minute Google drive. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's uh, very odd. And he's waiting in line to get on the boat, and the guy who saw his face from the beginning of the movie is just like straight up, like staring at him. He's like, "Hey, I know that face," and he goes to talk <laughs> to the cops who are somehow also now tipped up. oh they call the cops who've been following guy call the cops from this town and are like go to the fair right now because the killer's gonna go there so they don't really know who they're looking for but the the fairground guy is like that's the killer right there and bruno's like oh shit <laughs> so, he gets, <laughs> so he gets out of line and then guy arrives the cops are
3: following guy um, I liked when they got in the old the rich lady's car, the cops commandeer it, and she's like, oh, how exciting. It's oh, like, yeah. like something out of a cartoon. I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah, that was good. He's like,
1: ooh, we're going on a chase, of course. i it ends on a cartoony joke, going.
2: too, doesn't it? It's like something like, we'll take the bus, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and so uh, I, I guess they figure out Guy is, like, not going... They don't know why he's going there, but they realize something is up. And they yeah. kinda start just following Guy and um Bruno they, they meet up with Bruno and then I can't remember exactly what happens, but they they pull their guns because they think Guy's gonna kill Bruno. Um and they try to shoot at him in and hit a guy. <laughs> and they hit an old man. They hit an old man. For no reason. The cops just kill a carousel uh, conductor. And then... So now they're on the carousel. uh, And the carousel... The conductor... He drops dead, and pulls the lever too hard. And so now that means the carousel is going very fast. Yeah, why so, do
2: they make it so it can do that?
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, I don't but think in one it of the, the dumbest action scenes I've ever seen in any movie, the carousel is now spinning so fast that the centrifugal force is dangerous. And like, A small child it's funny because they want you to believe that okay, now there's danger because the carousel's going too fast. (laughs) But then a small child is just like, yay, this is fun. This is really fun.
2: I'm having a great time.
1: (laughs) So like maybe he's in danger, but also maybe it's not that fast. No, well look, I mean,
2: as a as a parent, as the resident parent here, I can tell you kids have a very different like set of physics that they work with than we do. Like yeah, I find true. Nico sleeping bent in like a Backward C shape all the time Like <laughs> his spine is like going like this And I'm like that does not look like it. That would kill me I would wake <laughs> up And I would be paralyzed <laughs> They're like Gumby like babies Are like Gumby
1: <laughs> that's true But I will say including this detail Of like a kid who's just enjoying It yeah absolutely um,
2: takes the air out of the Balloon <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> They're fist fighting to the death right next to him And he's like Wee! like it's in the same shot <laughs> right guy does a
1: valiant saving of this child uh where he was on a he puts him in a, a bassinet version of a carousel ride uh and women are screaming women are terrified ah! that this is happening and uh so they're fighting on a very fast moving carousel and then an old man is like i got it drops to the ground and starts crawling under the carousel um during and then there's a big fist fight and so Guy is hanging off one of the rails and his body's being flung in a circle by the centripetal, uh, centrifugal force. Um, and uh, Bruno is trying to kick his hand off. Uh, <laughs> and so he'll go flying, which will not kill him. I promise. There's grass it. around yeah. it. <laughs> he's just going to fall He'd on the ground. Fine. I don't know why he doesn't let go, but he's kicking his hand. This is supposed to be the big tense moment of the, you know, the big climax of the movie on a fucking carousel and then the old man just hits the brake and then that just fucking destroys it Um, and I guess people are okay Um, but it destroys it and then Bruno uh, is the only one who dies from this Um, and he's like he's crushed under stuff and he's like Bruno I'm gonna need that lighter back tell the cops that you killed him (laughs) Do the right thing, Bruno. <laughs> and Bruno's like, that's crazy. They got you. I can't believe you killed your <laughs> That's so crazy, man. Yeah, it is
3: can't really I can't believe funny. you
1: killed your ex-wife. I didn't do that. He's and like, he's come like,
3: on, Bruno. <laughs> You're about to die, dude. And he's like, no, man, that's nuts. No, nah,
2: man, they finally tracked you <laughs> they down. They got you,
3: huh? <laughs> <laughs> As if they're and not going to find the lighter that he is has. in his hand. <laughs> in his hand. Right.
1: They he called dies. him
2: Killer Guy when we were growing up.
3: <laughs> he, does a, he does a
1: dramatic... <sighs> And then opens his hand and it has the lighter, and he's like, Thank you. And then he gives it to the cops. He's like, See, he was going to plant this on me. And, and then they were like, Oh, okay. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah, I guess
2: that about wraps things up here. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the last scene, right? It ends with the character. It the ends with grim. them on
2: a train going elsewhere. Oh, shit, you're and right. And some people talk to them and say something similar. Like, I think they say something like, like I got to tell you about this plan I have. And they're like, No, thanks. And they're <laughs> like, walk guy,
3: so and so? And they're like, They get up. Oh yeah. The, there were two versions of the movie. Like Hitchcock wanted it to end when he's like, oh, he was a clever guy, or whatever he says mm. about Bruno. And then I think they mm. reshot and it's like the they called it the British and American version, but Hitchcock didn't really like either of or the, he had problems with the ending of both or something. This is just me reading the Wikipedia page last night. But I think it was right. originally going to end where he's like, Oh, what a what a clever guy. I forget what he says about Bruno. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, he was a really smart dude and like
1: eh. Cool
2: guy. Anyway, cool let's guy. take the bus going forward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a so that's that's strangers on a train, and the more I think about it, the more I think that maybe it was intentionally like a um, Mc- anti-McCarthyism thing. But what that in what that basically means is that Brune the message of the movie is: well, there are disgusting queer communists that are just roping people into their disgusting lifestyles, right, 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 and some innocent regular men are being accused of this, and that's a tragedy. No, you know so what it is? It's, we um... need to be careful calling anyone a communist because some of them aren't
2: (laughs) right well it's like the big narrative of the red scare (laughs) the thing you'd always hear about in the red scare is like somebody would get blacklisted because they'd been to a communist meeting once you know they were like i was in college i was you know they said they had free food so i went to the communist meeting and now i can't work again you know it's like i think (laughs) that's kind of what it is is it's just like this one little interaction you had with this guy like you know, unraveled into this whole thing that just ruined his life or whatever, or almost did. Right. Um, He had to
1: fight tooth and nail to prove that he wasn't a murderer, queer, communist. But that's Die. always the that's
2: always the narrative around the Red Scare, right? Is nobody's ever like, it was bad to persecute communists. They're like, right. it was bad to persecute people who weren't communists who, <laughs> yeah. who got wrapped up in it. All these
3: innocent non-communists <laughs> yeah. that went down with them. I, I like the queer reading, the kind of more confi- like weird, like, is guy in the closet? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like, he prefers the very, like, sort of not very sexual woman who he might be dating for his political career and right. he's like he hates his horny wife <laughs> like, i don't know i didn't really even think about because obviously bruno is super queer i had no problem like picking up on the very very yes. subtle stuff yeah he is him. like
2: a straight up anime villain like the he's is, so queer he, like gets
3: his uh nails done and he's like very flamboyant and guy might he be more a of like robe. a yeah, the, all the silk weird stuff that he wears, his tie, his little pin with his own name on it that oh, he got yeah. from mother. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And he got uh, from his mother on his wore, lobster tie.
3: <laughs> and his, I love his lobster tie and his like, shoes, but then guy might be more closeted queer or just sort of like confused. Like I said the at the beginning, him kind of leaving the light or like was that intentional or is he just that stupid? I just find that for me that's more interesting yeah. mm-hmm. and I guess less, uh, it makes the movie more compelling to me than it just saying like stay away from communists because they'll, they'll right. ruin your life. <laughs> No, no, I understand that reading, too.
1: I, I mean, I think I think that it went hand in hand at the time mm-hmm. because, like, it's the left. And right. there was a big, mm-hmm. you know, gays are often communists is, like, kind of the understanding. Because yeah,
2: why wouldn't they Yeah, because our culture be? wars and political wars are always kind of entwined in that way where, like, th- th- there will always be some crossover there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the gay commies were a big cohort and like so i think it's definitely both but the the homosexuality is overt Mm -hmm. in this movie and i i i'm not from this era so it's hard to be like well what what did people think it meant like Mm -hmm. well clearly we all hate that you know and that's gross and weird but guy may or may not be and then you can have fun like bar conversations about like does he deserve to be persecuted for being gay or not or you know, I guess that's sort of the point of it. It is sort of like I guess a little baffling to me now that that would be like an acceptable <laughs> like way to think about it. It's like, well, clearly Bruno is disgusting and bad for all these reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know we we equate that with murder. We equate being gay mm-hmm. and being a communist with murder <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well uh, in,
3: in real life, fairly Granger, I mean, I was reading up on him too, who played guy. Okay. Um, there's some stuff that said he was gay. I think he was actually bisexual, but he seems like he was oh. fairly open about it. And that's also like in Rope. He and the, I think Rope is even gayer than this it's very movie. gay. I've seen yeah, that I haven't movie. seen it. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, Bruno is a villain and he's like really gross, but he's also kind of like you said, he's compelling. Yeah. He, and for he's sure. not he's not like overtly sexual where he's like, I don't know. There are a lot of like gay panic type villains and he's not necessarily that. I don't know. But like you said, it's very hard to put myself. In the position of like, what would a gay man watching this movie in the 50s... Like, right. what would he feel about it? Like, w- right. <laughs> I'm not saying he would be happy about the representation, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Uh, or but like, I, don't think, even know I mean, it's like a whole like, queer coded villains problem. Yeah. We're where totally. people relate to the villains, but like, also they're disgusting characters. I don't know.
2: Yeah. It's like contextually, like, are you even thinking about representation at that point? Or are you mm-hmm. just like watching this being like, haha, those are gay people for yeah. sure? <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, I yeah, see what sure. you're doing, Alfred. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Old it's,
2: Al, old no uh, personal uh, life section on your Wikipedia, Al. Yeah.
3: I don't, I don't know
1: yeah, I
2: don't know what that's about
1: because no one wants to know yeah uh, and but yeah, rope is is also like this because it's about uh, two guys who commit a murder together um so there was like this thing, I guess at the time where people were just like, we're just gonna say murder instead of gay sex <laughs> um, which is I don't know how you're comparing those things, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that's the subtext a little bit. Um, which is bizarre, and I have to say my my reading of this movie just on a film level was that it is very strange and I don't think very enjoyable like a, a lot of like unintentionally bad stuff i mm. <laughs> I really hated the tennis match, and I really hated the uh carousel stuff I would I yeah. liked, the
3: like the carousel stuff, but I like schlock. <laughs> so I was having fun. It was hard to take it seriously. Like you said, because like, I've been on carousels, you could just jump off into the grass. Yeah, you could just yeah. go out of the side. <laughs> You <laughs> could, you no could probably jump off of a moving going. train and be okay, because there's grass, like if you're not falling.
0: Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it.
3: But at least or maybe it was just that it was more cuz I didn't like the tennis match either. I might I watched it on YouTube and I might have clicked the you know like double speed like thing yeah. that you can do on YouTube like okay this is uh, it keeps going the, yeah. It just keeps happening I'm not really missing anything right. if I fast forward through the tennis match.
2: I think it really loses it in the second half. It kind of just whirls out of control a little bit, but I think the first half of the movie is is pretty competently done. I think it's pretty fun and enjoy it's much more enjoyable than like you know, Notorious or Spellbound were for me, like this was much more engaging at the very least.
1: I I agree Um, with that. And I I think I, and at least
2: at the very least, I knew what was happening the whole time. There was no part of it where I like zoned out because it was too much (laughs) like spy shit or whatever.
1: Right. (laughs) Notorious and Spellbound are funny because they're similar movies in like completely different ways where like Mm -hmm. Spellbound is a bonkers movie that doesn't make any sense. And Notorious is too boring, but like the, the motions are supposed to be the same. This movie feels to me like now it would be directed by Michael Bay. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yes, like, yes, yes, there, yes, yes, yes. I, I was imagining like what this movie is. Yeah, and Did it's they ever like, remake this? I don't know, but it, there's definitely like this sense that it's like a dumb action movie. Like Mm -hmm. there's this sort of like intrigue and then it just sort of like devolves into bad action scenes. (laughs) Um, like, like we said with the really bad tennis match one, um, it, it kind of reminds me of like those movies that are on YouTube or are on Netflix now that are like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is riding a bike in New York city and there's a bomb or whatever, you know? right. I was going to say it's
2: like, um, phone booth, phone yeah, booth would yeah, be yeah. like a really close analog to this. Like mm-hmm. where it's like,
1: it's, it's very tense because someone might get shot, yeah. uh, but there's two hours of movie that, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, and so I, I think for me, I, I, I would watch this movie and, and, just sort of be annoyed (laughs) i i watched like by the end i was like god just be over Mm -hmm. um but and you're right shannon it's it's schlocky uh and it's fun if you like that kind of stuff but i will say that like i guess the movie is kind of worth watching for bruno's performance and Mm -hmm. some of the sort of like really creepy and gross sort of ways he behaves uh it's I, I real if like
3: you've ever been at a party and some weird social climber type, like <laughs> strange person yes yes, yes, yes. kind of like latches on to you or your friends it's that fun. and that i mean that's kind of wrapped up in the queer stuff but it's also kind of separate just in his like his um like lust for power and controlling people or whatever absolutely yeah, like, yeah. he just keeps appearing Everywhere on the steps, so uh, in the distance, <laughs> uh, or, yeah, or, like yeah. G Man or something, and then he's at the party and then he's speaking French. He's it's very unnerving,
1: yeah. He's a real creepy character, and I thought that he's the best part of the movie mm-hmm. in, in that, in like a technical sense. I honestly didn't like watching him, uh, so guy is
3: very boring. I thought he's very stupid <laughs> and boring. I mean, yeah. separate from all the subtext or whatever, I'm like, you could like. <laughs> Do something. That's kind of why the, the queer subtext Spice with him. Spice things up. Come on. He, do anything. Like, he doesn't do anything to stop. Like, I'm sorry if I, like, as someone who does YouTube videos or whatever, I've been recognized in public. If someone was like, hey, will you kill my dad? I'd be like, okay, I'm going to at least tell my, like, friends about this person. So if he yeah, does like, kill my wife, right. guess what fucking happened to me on the train? Yeah,
1: something You're never going
2: to believe happened. the weird guy who talked to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. like, get
3: this guy's name. And and, and the guy's just like, oh, it's normal. I yeah. want to strangle my wife. By the way, like, oh man, you're dumb. I don't.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, would you recommend
3: this movie, Shannon? Um, I it is not my favorite Hitchcock movie. It reminded me a lot of Shadow of the Doubt, and I like Shadow mm. of the Doubt more. I think it's 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 like, are you a film person? Do you want to watch it just for film history, or to like study queer representation, or or th- that sort of thing in movies? If not, yeah. I would just like watch certain scenes from it. I definitely didn't hate it. I really didn't like Rebecca. There are mm-hmm. like a couple of Hitchcock movies where I'm like, I would never want to watch that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But also, this is not the best Hitchcock
1: movie. No, 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 no. Like, it's kind of boring compared to that. It's actually ones. been
3: super interesting going through all of... Um,
1: going through all these movies that I haven't seen of his where I'm just like, I don't really like Hitchcock. Like, he, yeah. has, he has... Oh, that's a cup, interesting. Th- 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 f- what, what I've learned from Hitchcock so far is that he, I, most of the movies I've seen from him are kind of... Not good anymore and don't hold up. Psycho is fantastic, I think. Um, yeah. And I'm, but now I'm like, you scared. haven't watched The
2: Birds yet, but I watched The Birds because we were supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago. Right. The Birds holds up for sure. Okay, great. I like um, The
3: 39 Steps. I saw that in film school and really oh, liked yeah. it. Yeah. I am like worried to go back and watch Vertigo because like that one, I didn't I, like yeah. Vertigo very <laughs> See, much. I'm, I'm wondering I like China. If I, just I mean, like it. Polanski was obviously a monster, by like Chinatown well, a lot. I think incredible. I like Chinatown a lot more than Vertigo.
2: But, like, oh, um, sure. That's a the, incredible all the, like, movie. lists and whatever that are, like, the best Hitchcocks and whatever, like, they all put fucking Notorious first, and Notorious, like, w- was really boring and kind of whack. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it, it's not, like, a very good movie. I mean, yeah. uh, maybe it's, like, you had to be there. But I, I feel like the problem with America in general is that there's a lot of people who were just, like, able to overlook some really deep problems with like the ideology of a movie mm-hmm. and it's like i can't i'm not gonna give that a pass so yeah so i i feel like it's been really strange to go back and be like these are insanely misogynistic and kind of fascist movies yeah. um in a lot of cases um so psycho is the only real winner for me I, I i feel like yeah you're right i i would say if you have to watch some movies. You were studying queer history. This yeah, is an important Yeah, if you were, for example, one, but... doing
2: a Hitchcock month on your podcast, <laughs> I would recommend it.
3: <laughs> Otherwise,
1: I'm not recommending it.
3: I wanted to say, uh, again, from the Wikipedia page, um, there's a quote <laughs> from Ebert, talking about how uh like in this movie and maybe in other Hitchcock movies the left side of the screen is for evil and our weaker characters the right is for characters who are good or temporarily dominant (laughs) and there he plays with that there's a scene where like guy literally like walks behind the bars and like walks to that side of the screen and says something commenting on it like Hitchcock's obsessiveness with that kind of stuff and if you watch it through that lens in like a technical filmmaking way but it's also like if you look at somebody like Kurosawa was also a beautiful technical filmmaker who I like a lot more and was probably yeah, a much love better him. person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock, I think before we recorded it, like Hitchcock ruined Tippy Hedren's career and like obsessively tormented at least one person, every single movie and was just a weird, terrible man uh, from like every account of how he especially treated like blonde, skinny women. Right. Like, he had this psychosexual, like very bizarre, you know, uh, and it's—I think people are happy to overlook that sometimes. I mean, he's yeah. dead; it doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. What <are> you gonna <laughs> make do, it canceling yeah. him. You can't, uh, yeah, when people discover that like a man in Hollywood was awful in the fifties, it's like, well, they all were. Yeah. But
2: yeah. Soccer. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we were
3: talking about that with Spellbound, where it's like it's hard to separate,
1: like, if this is a normal thing or we're supposed to, because like everyone treats her like dog shit like everyone's just like constantly sexually assaulting her in that movie and like <laughs> no one thinks it's weird so it's like is this a hitchcock thing is this a culture thing it's really uh hard to sort of separate mm-hmm. um but i don't know it i i don't want to give it a pass or anything but uh I I can't I guess is what I'm saying is that it's mm-hmm. hard to watch these things yeah. now being who I am in this culture and be like this is very bad know, and
2: it's and it's weird because <laughs> it's not even like one of those things where you're like like looking at it through today's lens and it's like yesterday's world and whatever and you're like this doesn't really hold up to today's social standards it's like this even feels egregious even in that sort of lens <laughs> like like the mm-hmm. way that the that the ex wife character is portrayed in this movie is like. This is not like this is not up to the standard of a good movie, like don't even. They also
3: call her like ugly
2: at one
0: point. <laughs> yeah, they like, yeah, oh,
3: they use some, and I'm like, oh, that's so cold. And they made that <laughs> actress wear glasses where she couldn't see. I read that too. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. they couldn't find fake glasses
3: that she could see. He was just like sadistic and weird.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's it just doesn't really. I don't know. It, it. Even for like today's sexist filmmakers, mm-hmm. like this doesn't <laughs> even live up to that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I wanted to mention, like you were saying, like there's technical stuff where he has like a film language. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes people mention those things. But uh, for me, I think if you, if your film language that you invented, where you're like, oh, I'm communicating this, that can't possibly stand the tests of time. So it's like kind of on you to be like, I don't know that the right side of the screen is good and the left side of the screen is, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think with Kurosawa who you mentioned, like he has a visual language that transcends, like there is cultural mm-hmm. stuff that I'm not ever going to get because I'm not Japanese and I'm not a hundred years old, but like, <laughs> but like, you know, you watch Ikiru and like that movie is a incredibly poignant movie about death mm-hmm. and, you know, aging that like, anyone could watch and and see this incredibly beautiful film um Mm -hmm. and i think a high and low
3: too. the visuals in that movie and just commentary on classes and the visuals in high i love it as well but like the way that movie looks the black that's one of my favorite like black and white cinematography movies ever right and i think that i think i mean this is a high standard but i do think
1: like visually like you should be able to make a picture that resonates on some like Mm-hmm. Less mental level and more emotional level. Um, and I feel like Hitchcock is sort of kind of a nerd in like. Like I got to get like, out
3: my diagram and put it on the screen yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And he's like, he's like four people who wanted like jerk off over like that sort of like technical proficiency. You can say the mm-hmm. same stuff about like Michael Bay. Like if you ever hear like F VFX guys who are like re- you know the kind of guys who wear like weird hiking shoes on set and they're always like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're always mm-hmm. like well, well I know it's a shitty movie but if you watch this like the what they had to do technically to get this shot where it spins through the s- shuttle or like the camera's dragging on the ground while the car flips over it's amazing and it's like yeah but who gives a shit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i feel what like what you sometimes, get at the end sometimes i feel that way about hitchcock where it's like what exactly is the point of any of this except like stroking your own ego or showing us how smart you are um so yeah
2: yeah well that's that's been the show <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: We've gone too long. Thank you We've so much, Shannon, <laughs> for Thank you coming for having on, me on and talking about movies with us.
3: This has been great. Again, you're always welcome. Would you like to plug anything? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves. I'm the film correspondent for Struggle Session, which is at Struggle Session. I'm a player on the Teenage Superhero Body Horror Actual Play Podcast, Critical Bits, which is at Critical Bit Cast. And I, th- if you're in Atlanta, I'm doing some conventions later this year for the first <gasps> time in a mm. long time. Wow. I don't, I, I don't have an f- f- official or whatever yet, but I will be... Uh, seeing people again later this year. <laughs> wow. I'm excited. Follow her for dates. It yes. will be fun.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I've been Bryn Niebuhr. You can follow me at Kinematography, Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder. You can listen to my other show, PP Beep, Beep Uh You can also watch my Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash care. Jeremy has no other projects except for his YouTube, youtube.com yeah. slash Well, it's Jeremy what, Thunder. However other. the
2: URLs work on that you know, site. I don't work. know, whatever.
1: <laughs> He's making city skylines. Good videos. Check those out. Also, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash generation loss. You get Discord and you get the weekly bonus episodes where we talk about the movie news. And uh, Discord, where well, you can watch the movies The day before the episode comes out So do all that But don't tell the government Do not (laughs) snitch on us